Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is episode 61. Happy Friday from the fourth tee box at Easton Country Club. Uh, or I wish I was there anyway. Uh, it's my background screen because I have an awesome uh, Easton business owner, um, Mark Lombardi. It says Nicholas Lombardi on there, but Mark Lombardi from the Easton Country Club. Welcome, my friend. Well, thank you, Josh. Well, Thanks for having me. I got to tell you, um, this year, from a uh, weather perspective, we had one of the warmest winters on record, I think. I think it was like the third warmest winter. Um, the birds were chirping, everything was happening in like February and, uh, it had all the makings for, uh, a wonderful golf season. And then this crazy COVID happened. Um, before we dig into that though, um, tell us about the golf course itself. I think it's one of the most magnificent public courses. I mean, you drive by and you think it was a private course, uh, give us a little bit of history and and what goes on over there on a day-to-day basis. Sure. Uh, well, it's, I'm actually a third generation operator, believe it or not. My grandfather first opened the golf course, but before that it was a, uh, a, a dairy farm. Uh, he had actually uh, found out about the land being available. Uh, he lived in the Warwick area, Warwick, Rhode Island, drove up and uh, it actually was the winning bidder um, back in the late forties. Um, he proceeded to, sell off some of the acreage he didn't need, but um, he uh, operated as a dairy farmer up until the uh, early 60s. When my father went off to college, he lost his free help and uh, was figuring (laughs) out that dairy farming was uh, was getting harder and harder. So uh, they, he and my grandmother decided the next best thing would be a golf course. He built a, a nine hole golf course, which opened in 1962. Uh, unfortunately, two years after that, he passed away from a sudden heart attack. So um, my father, who was practicing law out in Illinois, um, took over, tried to manage from afar, found out other farmland was coming available. And uh, he went to my mother's side of the family for the collateral, bought the additional land. And uh, by 1968 or 69 or so, well, the Eastern Country Club was an 18-hole golf course. Uh, he retired from law to in the, in the mid eighties, uh, and ran it for about 20 years. He said 20 of the most happiest years in his life. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was fortunate enough, uh, to come in and join the family business, uh, when we expanded into a function, into the function business. So I, uh, I joined Easton country club, uh, in 2000, the year 2000 worked side by side with my father four years before he unfortunately passed away from cancer. So. Um, wow. been, been running it since. Uh, so it's, it's been 20 years as well. Wow. And, uh, how many acres is that, uh, total land wise? It's about 150 acres. Wow. A little less if you take away the building space. And, and what is, what is 150 acres sell for in 1940s? I wonder. It was, uh, no, uh, oh, I know that I think it was about $5,500, <laughs> but, but actually he, he bought you can't get 55 feet for that kind of money up here now. <laughs> right. And, and to think of it, though, the parcel of land he bought was 225 acres and included three separate farmhouses. Wow. $5,500. And he sold off to 
he sold off about two thirds of the land. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've been running the course for the last 20 years. You've done a ton of work in there. I mean, the function room is absolutely gorgeous. Um, the patio out back is a, is a, is a multi-million dollar view with the number of acres and what an acre sells for nowadays, but it's an absolutely <laughs> gorgeous view. Um, Thank you. On, on a, on a typical day, uh, how many golfers do you guys uh, have come through and, uh, and play? Well, uh, uh, over the year, uh, we do about 25,000 rounds, give, a, give or take a couple thousand rounds, uh, depending on the weather. So we, as I try and tell uh, my staff, my grounds crew especially, it's my job to sell rounds. It's your job to fix up, fix the rounds afterwards. So, right. um, yeah, we try and keep busy. Uh, that's, that's our business approach. But we'll go anywhere from uh, like a quiet uh, Monday, say, without a, a tournament or anything. Uh, we might do 50, 60 rounds that day when you look at some morning play and then the leagues afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the, the golden days are the ones where you do a morning shotgun with the members on a Saturday, say, and then you do. Uh, and that might be 70, 80, 90 players. And then they come off and we put out 140 players in a, a golf outing. Uh, and you know, then they stay for dinner and yeah. hopefully the next room uh, next door is, uh, is filled with 150 wedding guests as well. So it's, uh, those, those could be some pretty crazy busy days. Yeah. I was going to say that's a, that's about 230, 250 golfers and 150. That's a, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of moving and shaking for your, for your team. It um, is. how many team members do you have? How many people do you have working at the country club, uh, that are helping you out total, you know, around the, the, the grounds and the, all sure. the staff you have. You know, so what's a, a challenging thing about what I do is, uh, and it, I guess it makes sense to, to most people, but they don't know the uh, enormous task um, at hand. But we, we have uh, at any given year in the wintertime, maybe only seven or eight people on our payroll staff. Mm -hmm. uh, because even though we're doing sales and that kind of thing, there's not a lot of functions and obviously uh, golf, especially if you're snow covered um, mm -hmm. doesn't exist. So, but uh, in the peak of the summer, uh, my payroll probably is at 60 people plus. Wow. So each, each year we, uh, we, we have this great awakening and it's a uh, process and it's, it's not all at once, which, which helps, but we phase in into uh the the staff as as we get busier mm -hmm. um and it's this constant uh ebb and flow over the course of the year that mm -hmm. gives it a big challenge yeah well i can see that and in, in, i mean we the the event that i've talked about with a number of the eastern businesses that i've had was the the eastern chamber of commerce uh that you hosted that was at capacity uh you know sell out crowd every seat was filled and that was in january so you have to staff that with more than six or seven people um, but you know, one of the things that I touch on, uh, and have touched on is how people were on that night in January, right? That was so jovial, so happy. Um, business was good for just about everybody. I mean, we were positioned for, I mean, I, my talk was on the challenges I had in 2020 physically and other things, but I was still unbelievably optimistic. And I was, I was seeing, uh, a breakout year for me with my public speaking and everything else. Um, and then six short weeks later, here, here we were in a life altering, life changing event. I mean, I'm looking out the window here and uh, this is a perfect day to be playing golf. 
I mean, it's, it's it the is. sunshine and it's beautiful out and, uh, and that course is empty. Um, you know, walk me through a little bit of how that, you know, as I said, I, you had a Facebook post that said, you know, on I think March 14th, you were golfing before that, but you had made a post based on assumptions and uncertainties on March 14th of like, Hey, social distance foursomes playing, you know, separated by eight minutes. And you, I mean, you on March 14th were more optimistic and hopeful that at least golf would continue, maybe not the functions, but everything stopped. When kind of walk me through that timeline of, you know, March 10th, starting golf and then that shut down. And then what you've been, what have you been up to, you know, the last six weeks? Well, I'll tell you, the, the last six weeks seems like a lifetime. And I know it does for many people. But, uh, you know, here, uh, it, and it's, it, it really is uh, the seasonality that I just spoke to also makes it hard. It's a, you know, we, we are almost dormant uh, over the winter time, yet we still have payroll uh, needs and we, we try and make those bills and others, uh, those expenses and others. And then here we go, we get out to an early start, which is so important for uh, a public fee uh, golf course. And then um, suddenly this comes that uh, we really, you didn't see it coming. No one saw this coming. And, and we were told by uh, the governor to shut down and stop. Um, so it's been uh, extremely frustrating. Um, one of the things that makes it so challenging is uh, no one told the grass that there's a pandemic. <laughs> yep. So it's it's growing. And with all the rain we've had, it's growing pretty fast right now. So right. it forces us to keep a staff uh, on hand to maintain the course. Because if I were to let it go, uh, if we were the day we are given the green light, it may be a month or two after that, that we could actually get the, the golf course to playability status. So, so it's a double whammy, uh, no revenue coming in. And, uh, and yet at the same time, uh, I still have payroll expenses going out. So, mm -hmm. uh, so that has been very challenging. Uh, we've, uh, I've tried to stay in communication with my members. I have to say, uh, they've been fantastic. They, they're understanding, uh, Certainly the bad weather that we had in April kind of helped because I don't think people missed too many golf days yeah. uh, in the story. But, you know, as we turn the corner now, um, everybody's anxious to play. And, and my members, uh, they're, they're supportive, uh, they're understanding, but they're frustrated too because we, we really do feel that golf can be done um, in a safe manner. Um, there's certain protections that or uh, procedures that we can put in place to protect our employees and our, our customers. Uh, but once you get on the golf course, pretty much it's a social spacing uh, type of sport. You, you right. I've seen so many golfers, one, one guy hits it to the right, the other guy hits it to the left and they may uh, not talk to be able to talk to each other until they get to the green. It's amazing how they pair up like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, it's one goes get, right. One goes left. And yeah. It's hard to get good cart golf players with me. Uh, no matter where the person in front of me hits it, it always goes in the opposite direction. It's a, it's a given. Uh, and 99 times out of 100, it's in the woods. So, uh, um, no, I, I, I'll tell you, this is the one thing that I found, um, you know, kind of not interesting. I, there's parts of it I get, and then there's parts of it I don't get. And one of the things that I saw right out early on was the people going out onto the Brockton golf courses, the city next to ours. Um, and that the police were going to start enforcing it. 
And there was all this up in arms and there was really a, a, a divide. You had the people that said, Hey, this is open air. We should be able to play golf and just because you're closed doesn't mean they shouldn't use the course. And I don't advocate anybody using someone's land without permission and paying. But then there was the other side that said, you know, this is a pandemic. The governor said it, we need to adhere to it. But I was, I've, I've been challenged with golf. Cause like you say, there's four people um, that are, that are typically socially responsible uh, they're paying good money to be on the golf course. You could say, hey, listen, each of you have to have your own golf cart or you have to each walk your own bag or come up with something. Um, and and, and, it, and there's been nothing. Um, but the good news is, like you say, you know, when you think about it and look at it, and I, I, I definitely applaud your members for their support and understanding, but they're probably looking out the window on most rain days like I am and going, I, I ain't going outside to my car. Um, so I wouldn't be playing golf. So that's kind of the blessing in disguise. If all the days were like today, then um, I, I might see a little frustration in that, but it's probably more frustration of that. They can't get out there. Not the frustration that you, you can't get them out there. Cause it's not your fault, obviously. Um, you know, what is it? So do you have, did you have many tournaments scheduled? Do you have many tournaments scheduled for March, April, May? What does that look like? And, and functions, weddings and things. Is it, is this a busy well, time? It, so March and April, a little early for tournaments. Typically uh, there's no guarantee on the weather. But we had a pretty good schedule uh, in May and June for golf outings. And uh, most of them have postponed and tried to pick a date in the fall. Uh, I did lose a few uh, that have said that they just couldn't, uh, couldn't switch it. Con you know, they run into conflicts uh, later in the year. So I did lose some, some golf outings. Uh, we, we also had a pretty active schedule uh, for functions, um, whether it be, I know we had a few bridal showers planned. Uh, we had uh, a, a christening or two, uh, but we lost three separate uh, uh, functions that were uh, Bridgewater State sororities and fraternities. They would have their year-end galas at our, our, our place. They, they really enjoyed it, enjoyed coming to the Eastern Country Club. So we lost those. We lost some fundraisers. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on, but the, the YMCA always has a uh, big spring gala. It's their, their major fundraiser. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so now they're trying to find a date in the fall. So hopefully we'll be able to do something uh, in the fall and make up for it. But uh, the loss of both functions in the in the Fairview room and, and golf outings uh, has really – whack the spring uh revenue stream by probably two-thirds so it, it, it really it, it wow. puts a lot of a lot of challenges out there yeah and i and while you're saying that i just had this thought and 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 i've been to countless um fundraisers over there um one it's got to really feel good for you to be holding those events as fundraisers knowing that it's helping other organizations mm. But those organizations are losing out. It's a double sure. whammy on that as well, because those organizations really count on having their events so that they can have money for them to operate through the year. So this is a, a you know, a, a big challenge and having to put off, you know, someone that has a, a you know, a yearly um, event in the spring, you know, wait till the fall. That's, that's money that they really count on for their nonprofits and their scholarships Absolutely. and all that other stuff. Um, and I didn't even really think about that uh, until you just kind of said, you know, the different groups that, that, that come in there. Um, even though I've been there for all these different events, I'm, I'm, I'm always envisioning when you hear functions, you hear weddings and it's like, you guys do so much more than that. 
Um, you know, what else do you, what, so let's, let's talk a little bit about that now that I'm, now that we're there, um, that, that function room, what does it hold? What are the types of events? Um, what kind of notice do people have to be given? So, I mean, Hey, everybody wants to go out, right? Everybody wants to get the hell out of their house. Um, how much time or notice they typically have to go with booking for the space and tell us a little bit more about the space. Cause it's really a neat, uh, a neat, a neat function room. Well, thank you. Well, we have a capacity of 196 seated. Um, and, uh, you know, it's rare that we get that big uh, just because it's uh, when you put banquet tables for silent auctions, say, or you want some space for cutting loose on a dance floor, of course, that takes away some table space. So, uh, you know, our our sweet spot, so to speak, is uh, up to about 160 typically for a function. Um, we, you know, we'll do anything down to, uh, 75, uh, as it, as you approach the off season, but our baseline when you're in the high season is a hundred people for a function. Uh, we, you know, it, I, first of all, I have a very creative staff, uh, Amory, uh, Taylor, who is, uh, our event coordinator. She, uh, she has been able to take just about any request and, and put it together as a function and has done a great job. So quinceaneras happen to be very popular at the club. Um, of course, we have the bar, bat mitzvahs. Uh, we have anniversary parties. Uh, you know, you, you name it. And on a sadder note, uh, we, we host a, a few bereavements over the years. So, um, you know, we, it's, it's, you know, uh, we can make anything work. Um, and we have tons of menu options, which uh, really helps uh, sell the place because uh, customers aren't just given one page and said, you know, pick item one or two. Uh, they can go through reams and reams of paper uh, of menu options. And then after that, they can customize it. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll do anything uh, yep. if, if they want. So, so what kind of uh, notice are we talking about? I mean, I think that some folks are probably thinking like, you know, this has been empty for a couple of months. There might not be anything on the books, but I'm sure you've got plenty on the books right now for June, July, and August. You know, what do people have to typically give for a lead time for, for looking to do an event? Because I know there's, there's some people, I'd say what, I, last night, I, I actually, I don't know if I have it. I had it right in front of me because I was like, I got it. Uh, I bought, I bought it. Yeah, right there. <laughs> I found this yesterday. I bought this uh, VF, oh, you can't see it because of the back, background screen. But I bought a uh, VFW banquet hall um, rental um, back at the Lions Club auction a year ago. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I came across it and I'm like, I'm just going to use it when this whole thing is over so that I can just get a whole bunch of people together because there's social distancing stuff for the birds. Um, oh, put but, me on the list, please. Yeah, yeah, Love, yeah, to, yeah. Do. Love to go. hundred percent, hundred percent. But, you know, but, but my assumption is, is that I'm just going to be able to call them because they've been closed for so long that they'll just say, yeah, come on in on Saturday. But. Yeah, what's a typical lead time that someone would want to start planning an event and, you know, space for June or July or August? Is there, you know, are sure. people, getting, people getting scared and canceled already or something they got coming up and there's some openings? You know, what does that look like? Well, we, um, you know, Saturdays are obviously the most popular uh, evening for, uh, for booking functions and, and the, the weddings, the brides uh, will book as far as a year and a half, two years out. So, mm -hmm. Uh, June and September and early October tend to be the most popular Saturdays. Um, as as far as uh, you know, then it's it's really based off availability. So um, we will 
it doesn't take us long to turn around an event. So if, if someone were suddenly wanting to get married and uh, two months from now, that, that's easy on our part. You know, we can certainly help the bride keep organized and get everything done. So I don't really have, we don't have a, a, a limit to the, the, the uh, certain lead time. It's all, you know, we just try and help the customer uh, whichever way we can to, to, to get the function. Now, this year uh, has been uh, certainly very challenging and, and I, I feel terrible for the brides because the big unknown is, is what type of restrictions are going to be uh, out there at the time of their wedding. So uh, we've had a few spring weddings that have moved um, to the fall. Um, we've had a few weddings also booked for 2021. Um, you know, they, they're hoping that we're for, for sure going to be back to normal in 2021. So mm -hmm. we understand, I mean, we listen, um, a wedding is a very special day and, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, there's so much stress that goes on at a normal time for a bride for a wedding. And now with this on top of it, so listen, we're, we're going to accommodate the bride, whichever way we can. So yeah. Uh, if there's a date available. In fact, right now what we're doing is we're allowing brides to hold two or three separate dates mm -hmm. because uh, it's, it's not just finding a date with us. It's also making sure that their vendors, the photographers, the DJs and all that have mm -hmm. those dates open too. So uh, we're allowing brides to hold three dates until they can work it all out with, uh, with their vendors to make sure that, you know, they have everybody together. So it's a little bit more complicated behind the scenes. It appears on the you know, front, but, uh, but we're doing what we can. Everybody is, you know, you yeah. have. To. Well, that's a great, uh, what a, what a great service that is to give three dates and try to alleviate some of that stress, you know, and I, I and I had uh, Baltazar on, on Monday, mm. there's a lot of DJing and I had, I, this I shared with you, Chris Ventresco, who's going to be episode 62 that I sounded uh, terrible, like Frankenstein, something was wrong with my audio yesterday. Um, photographer, you know, there's so many moving pieces that, uh, you know, that's great that you're giving them those options until they can work through all this stuff. And you're right. Like there's so many unknowns with events, you know, the, the three phases that they're talking about the rollout, which golf will be fine. No more than 10 to a, a group, which is the first phase. The second phase is no more than 50. And then the third phase, which is the unknown is, you know, a general event with, with large attendance, but we'll probably have some restrictions or some um, requirements. And, you know, as of right now, East and anything public, you got to wear a mask. Right. So, um, you know, there's so many different moving pieces, um, to this, but I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to May 18th. I'm looking forward to May 18th that they're going to let this lift, lift some of the stuff and let people at least play golf. Um, and, uh, and I, and I firmly believe that. So how I could give you some background on what's happening yeah. on that. Um, it, I belong to an organization called the New England chapter of the National Golf Course Association. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've got about 230, 240 member clubs, and I happen to sit on the board. I'm, I'm a treasurer, but um, as this was going down, I, um, well, me and, and the board uh, really didn't think that uh, the golf course owners' voices were being heard. So uh, we, we did hire a lobbyist um, and we, uh, the lobbyist has been able to uh, get the attention of uh, some of the governments uh, throughout the New England region. Uh, they're, they're starting to open up golf courses. Of course, Massachusetts right now is, is hesitant and 
as, uh, but tomorrow, and I'm crossing my fingers, tomorrow could be a good day. Uh, we're actually, golf is the subject for the uh, Charlie Baker's Economic uh, Opening Board, uh, mm-hmm. exactly, Economic Development uh, Board. And we have an hour of that council's time trying to present how we can safely reopen golf and the need to do so as fast as possible. So I'm hopeful that we get some good news, um, mm-hmm. that it was well received, and, and I hope it's one of the first businesses to come back online. I think I read this somewhere. You might know, I'm sure you know better than I do, but I think I read today that Massachusetts is one of only six states in the country that doesn't have golf right now. I think it's fewer now. I, okay. I do. Um, but you're right. And, uh, and we're on track probably to be the last state. So yeah. um, listen, I, I understand. I mean, it's just been tragic uh, to hear the numbers and the, um, and just the people who have become infected, that number keeps going up and up, but yeah. But we do feel that uh, there's some benefit to golf as well. Um, getting outside, uh, getting some physical activity. Uh, you know, people are kind of stuck in the home, and it's it's borderline on uh, uh, bordering on depression. So I, I yeah. can speak personally on that. So uh, you know, just the ability to get out there, um, maybe see some friends from afar, but hit that white ball and get frustrated at the white ball instead of <laughs> you know, what else is going on. Hey, I, I think, think it'd be beneficial. Yeah, I really well. do. I can tell you not to shift back and forth, but I meant to say, I think you're going to have a lot of baby showers after this thing's all said and done. Yeah, everybody, I've been talk, everybody I've been talking to is talking about, you know, this is going to be a baby boom. Yeah. Uh, I, I recorded a podcast for my other uh, channel uh, yesterday and people were talking about, you know, uh, that this is, this is uh, potentially going to be the, the baby, the, the Corona baby boom. Yeah. Um, so um, you're, you're a public course, but you do have memberships available. Do you currently have memberships available for people if they want to join your course and you know, what's the benefit to joining and, and what does that, what does that look like? Well, we, and we do. Yeah. And, um, we never really get sold out of memberships only because of the way we work our, our, our members membership. Um, we offer three levels of membership, uh, one being a full member seven day a week access, but, what kind of makes us a little unique is uh, you get the option of a permanent tea time on Saturday and Sunday and holidays. So if you were to join, um, I would assign you say to a tea time at 848. Okay. Mm. Well, you don't have to worry about that. Um, you don't have to call and say whether you're going to you use got it every time. week. Yeah. You're, you could just show up and that's your time. And it's, it's been really, really quite fun in a way. I, I, some people, they come in as strangers they get assigned to a foursome and two years afterwards they're going to their daughters and sons weddings and they become fast friends and the wives know each other. So I'm kind of like a matchmaker in that sense. But, <laughs> <laughs> but then we have a, we have a weekday uh, membership option, uh, which is Monday through Friday. Uh, and then we have uh, what I call the value membership. It's a hybrid between the two where you have seven a day, seven day a week privileges, but they're restricted to after 1130 on Saturday and Sundays. And, and that works for some because, you know, they're not morning um, players. And so uh, then, of course, we have a junior membership, a very affordable junior mm-hmm. membership. I want to get the kids out there because the kids grow up and hopefully stick with golf and we'll keep the whole industry alive. Yeah. Um, I didn't start young. I actually started in 1994 at the age of 19. I actually got my first lessons I played three rounds of golf. Um, there's a nine-hole course in Taunton. I can't remember where what what it's called. Um, 
oh, it'll come to me. You know what it is. It's a little, it's a little short track. Yeah, yeah, I do know. Uh, I can't think of it either. I played three times over there, um, realized I'm terrible, um, <laughs> and um, my family got me five lessons over with you. I, got, I can't remember the, the, the pro's Chan? name, maybe. Tanthony? Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. The, and uh, uh, I should have just, just probably called it quits after my first lesson. Um, <laughs> No, no. fast forward 26 later 26 years later i still have all the same bad habits and i still um i still do the same exact thing i did the first round of golf that i did um but i have a lot of fun i actually played twice last year uh, both times at your track um Thank you. yeah um but well they were both they were both fundraisers um no. you know that's the easiest the, the easiest way to get out and uh you don't have to always play your ball when you play those best ball tournaments which is nice you can yes on, yeah you can count on three other people to play well or you can um, blame three other people right yeah oh yeah yeah um no you're still doing the lessons you still got some some pros over there doing clinics we, we or anything do. yeah uh rob citrano is our uh pga and uh instructional pro yeah. Um, and he's fantastic. Uh, he's helped my, me and my games, you know, everybody gets the yips every once in a while, but it's amazing. He can just, uh, take one look at what you're doing, make a couple adjustments and boom, you're off to the races. So yes, he has, um, not only private lessons, but he has some group lessons. He does adult clinics, yeah. uh, in the evening, which have been a big hit. Uh, we had, he, uh, usually around five thirty at night, a couple nights a week and he goes for about an hour and a half and, it's, it's geared more towards the beginners. Um, mm. and it's a four session clinic. And after the, on the fourth session, they actually go out on the golf course and play a few holes for the first time. So, uh, those have been successful. He does a junior clinic as well. So, yeah. uh, the, the, the golf instruction is important. You need people to continue to enter the game. Oh, hundred percent. That's what, that's what keeps, that's what keeps it all going. Um, so you got, Golf, 18 holes, fantastic course. You get the banquet facility that holds up to 190 people, but typically you want to hold it to 150, 160, especially if you're doing charity with raffle items. You got a magnificent patio to, can somebody just go there and sit on the patio and have a drink on a Friday night? And Oh, yes, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's it's so peaceful too. It, oh, yeah, it is. It's quiet. It's quiet as can be. For people that don't know, uh, this is on a relatively quiet road. You're bordering yeah. water on one side, uh, woods on two of the other sides, and you only have a, a short stint of actual street that you're attached to. Um, uh, I don't know. Was that the 18th hole? I never started on the same hole. I can't remember the, That's the right. green no. is. Yeah. The Purchase Street is the 18th hole. Yeah. Um, there's a few houses off of Prospect Street, but yeah. but by and large, you're mostly uh, bordered by wilderness. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, when you're sitting behind our clubhouse on the patio, it, it's like you're in a, a pleasant middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. So bring a stogie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You certainly can uh, have a few cocktails. It's, it, it really is beautiful. And it's, you know, it, it's funny because uh, I know the rage now is do alfresco dining and things like that. But a lot of places locally, you're sitting in a parking lot or you're sitting uh, facing a busy street. And, um, right. We, we offer... Uh, a, a room with a view, so to speak. Yeah, you got that nice little gazebo out there too, don't yes. you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people, you can just go out, have have a drink, have a little bite to eat, hang out, um, get learn learn how to play golf. You got a pro shop. You got a driving range. 
so anything golf related, anything banquet related, anything relaxation related, if you need to take a little uh, mindful meditation and go out on the patio, how do they find you? Online, on phone? Online, uh, www.eastincountryclub.com. Uh, we have uh, Facebook pages, uh, Eastern, Eastern Country Club Golf and ECC Weddings. Um, because we run really two separate businesses. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, we have, uh, uh, I don't, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can reach me on LinkedIn. But uh, yes, uh, you know, we, we are, I think one of the mistakes in our community that I hear from time to time is they think we are private um, and that it's only members allowed, but we're not. We're open to the public. Uh, you can use a driving range. Uh, you do not have to be a member to go buy a bucket of balls. You can even practice on the putting green. Uh, no charge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe buy a beer if you're there, but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but yes, so we're, we're very accessible by the public. Um, we're, we're very welcoming to the public and uh, we would love to see everyone. And a phone number. I don't know if I caught that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. That's right. 508 238 2500. Okay. 508-238-2500. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, this is, I hope, I hope you get some good news tomorrow. I really do. Um, oh, and I'm fingers I'm, crossed. Yeah. My fingers are crossed for you. I hope that, uh, I hope that the numbers start to decline significantly here. I mean, the hardest part for all of this, uh, you know, I talk to people from all over the country and my office, uh, for my day job is based in North Carolina and their total, uh, their total death count is I think right around 300 from the virus. And I, when I tell them, well, we're at almost 4,000, um, with, with, you know, I can't, I don't remember the number of infected, but it's, it's astronomical. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and as I share with you, some of the places that my, where my father was for, for health purposes, I mean, over 50% of the people there have been diagnosed with it. Many sadly have passed away. So we're, we're, the hard part of all of this is that we are really in that epicenter of, uh, of difficulty with, with, Lots of folks got it or getting it or struggling with it. So hopefully this starts to turn sooner than later. Hopefully you get some good news and you're able to start getting folks back out there, um, you know, safely and, uh, and, and responsibly. And um, I wish you all the luck in the world, my friend. I, I look forward to my first round out there. And, um, you know, I think anybody that uh, anybody that's in the Eastern area, if you thought that this might be a private course, it's got the private feel all day long, but the public touch, they, uh, everybody there is absolutely lights out. Fantastic. Uh, Mark is probably the single greatest representation of what you could expect for the type of person that's there. Uh, always ready there to greet you to go above and beyond and get things done, answer your questions and their lessons, uh, jokes aside of my golf game. Uh, the patience that, that in 1994, the patience that was had for me, was nothing short of exemplary. And Danny, my 13-year-old, the CEO of OldWhiteBalls.com, he got his first uh, couple of lessons there. He didn't take to playing golf. He took to selling golf balls. But uh, um, we'll, we'll, get him, we'll, get him to, we'll get him to come around one of these it's days. All good. Well, you know, the hard, the hard part was I was training him to play golf righty, and he's a lefty. So that was the first problem. There I need, you go. I need right. to step. I need to step out and let and let the the pros actually call <laughs> yeah. the shots on who who hits which way on that stuff. So hey, the um, good thing about golf is you're never too old to pick it up. No, yes. no, and so it, it, you know what? Here's the thing: it, it's it is the greatest social event that you could have. 
even if you stink, even if you don't get out, but a couple times a year, I was playing a lot a couple years ago and between my travel schedule and family and trying to figure out a hobby and I was riding motorcycles for a bit and doing other things. Um, I just didn't have the time to do it. But when I did and I got out, it's like the best four to six hours. Cause if you're going on a, a fundraiser, you know, you're doing the, you're doing the banquet, you're doing the auction, you're doing all stuff. You, you, you very, you never have a bad experience on a golf course. Um, it's just, it's just a comfortable, relaxing place. And you guys do such a phenomenal job. I can't wait to see how great the course looks. Um, cause that's the one thing that people are failing to see that, 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 that course could have been worked on pretty good from March 10th to now. Nobody's out there. I mean, you don't have a blade of grass out of whack. I bet it's going to be the first. It's amazing because we have fairways without one divot. We yep. have greens without one ball mark. Yeah, It breaks my heart a little bit, but at the same time, uh, you know, and one thing I've done is I've invited the members to come walk the golf course just to mm -hmm. keep them attached. And I yep. say, just make sure you wave hi to me in the pro shop before you head out. So, yep. you know, I get to see some of you, but but they did it. They, they come off the course and they say, yeah, we can't wait this thing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I hope it's soon. I, yeah. I do. It's, um, I think we can do it the right way. We can keep people safe. And I just think it, it, it it's emotionally beneficial, beneficial for if you're a golfer, even if you're not a golfer to get outside, it's emotional yeah. to be helpful in these times of need. Yeah. Well, you hang in there, my friend. I look forward to seeing you, uh, soon enough. And, uh, you know, good luck with everything. I, I, I look forward to, uh, like I said, I, I, the first foursome that gets to go out on that is going to be in for a real treat. I mean, that's just going to be, it's not going to be me because that, that whole divot and ball mark and everything else. Is, <laughs> no, yeah, the point I, is, I, I want I, you to make the I divot. Put, I'll put you, I'll put you right in mid season shape. You're going to be, you're going to need a, <laughs> yeah, okay. you're going to need a whole lot of work. So, um, right. but, but hang in there. We, we will see you soon enough in person. I'm glad you got to take the time to, uh, to sit here with my listeners for a little bit and educate us on your, uh, magnificent space over there and man uh, if there was ever a time i wish i was born in the 1940s it's when when listening to the cost per acre in eastern massachusetts for 5500 bucks what a deal yeah yeah so thank you thank you once again for inviting me on my Enjoy pleasure it. my pleasure my friend and that'll do it for episode 61 i tell everybody on each episode and it's interesting i had a conversation today with someone uh, a lot of people, this is your first episode. Some of you, it's your 61st episode. For those that have listened all 61, hey, can't thank you enough. Can't, I hope you look forward to number 62. For this one, that's your first episode. If you liked it, please be sure to share, comment, uh, like, review, ratings. Ratings and reviews on the Apple Podcast platform. Uh, I send you a free t-shirt. It's 20, 25 bucks, uh, free for you. Uh, t-shirt, you don't need to buy one. You get a freebie awesome t-shirt. Same ones I sell. Uh, you don't even need to pay shipping and handling. Just do a rating and review on the Apple uh, podcast platform. That's where over 80% of my people listen. Uh, send me an email to Josh, J-O-S-H, at beawesome, B-E-A-U-S-M.com, uh, with your size, address, uh, and I will drop it in the mail, and I am doing uh, mail drops every day. So if you want to buy a shirt, you don't want to do a rating and review, you love us but you don't want to type us, that's okay too. Go to the website, there's a store, beawesome.com. Selling t-shirts. That's my business right now. That's where the, that's where the money's coming in. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm having a lot of fun working from home. I'm having a lot of fun talking to people like Mark, getting, uh, getting socially close via the technology of uh, Zoom. Um, but uh, the shirts are, are definitely uh, appreciated for anybody that buys them. Uh, we're going to keep going with this stuff as long as this uh, COVID continues. 
Uh, we're going to continue to support those that supported me and supported my family over the years uh, through local community businesses. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep it, keep going through this thing together and try to put a smile on everybody's face. So uh, for that, if you can be anything, be awesome. Have a great weekend.